if I I'm starting verse 22, do a little bit of Bible gymnastics here, jumping around just a tad. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 22. Turn this. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Let's say at the feet of Jesus. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, and she shall be healed, that she may live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Then we're going to go to verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard these words, and these are very important words here. As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into the place where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. I want to read our key verse again one more time. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid only believe. And I want to preach on the title of a message, Go On Believing. Go On Believing. Pastor, sir, would you please pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this chance to be in church tonight. God, let our hearts be hungry for you. Let our minds be sharp to pick up on what you have for us this evening. Help our brother to minister. Make preaching easy for him. Lead him by your Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Go on believing. Go on believing. When we use the word believing, another word always comes up, which is faith. Faith. Faith is at the heart of our lives. So when you don't feel well, you go to the clinic or you go to the hospital. You come to someone that you have never met whose name you have never heard of or never seen. They write you a prescription that you do not understand. You take it to a pharmacist that you do not know. They give you some medicine that you do not know exactly how it was made, but you open up that bottle and you put it down your throat and you hope that it works. That is faith. 
You're going on a trip across the country. You get on a plane. You don't know who worked on the plane when they last worked on the plane. You don't know anything about the pilot, how long they've been flying. You don't know the mechanics. You don't know anything. Yet you get on that plane and put that seatbelt on and you hope you're going to get across the country to your destination safely. That is faith. And so in that physical realm, that's faith. But spiritually, we have to have that faith in God. And how do we get that faith? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. But it's a continual thing, continuously hearing, not just hearing one time and saying, hey, I've heard it all. No, we have got to continue to hear, continue to let the word of God get into our hearts. Why is it that we don't have faith when things come our way it's because we have not heard enough of the word of God it's because we have not heard it we haven't read it we haven't taken it into our hearts and so the exhortation today is to take the word of God into your life and apply it to your life today and keep applying it I want to talk about three words the word of faith the word of hope and the word of power. <laughs> the word of faith. Believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Simon Sinek in his book, Start With Why. I'm hearing, I'm hearing feedback. So, okay. Simon, book, Simon Sinek in his book, Start With Why. He wrote about Martin Luther King Jr., on August 28th, 1963, 250,000 people from across the country met at what is called the Mall in Washington, D.C. And they heard Martin Luther King Jr. give his famous, I have a dream speech. Martin Luther King gave his dream about what he wanted the country to be. Of course, we know about civil rights and the various things that we have read. And maybe you yourself have, have, have participated in, in something during that time frame. But how is it that 250,000 people were all able to meet in one place when not one invitation was sent out? There was no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, no World Wide Web at all to post anything about the time and place of this event. Yet 250,000 people met in this place to hear Martin Luther King talk about his dream. He talked about his why. He talked about his purpose. He talked about what he believed. And all the time in that speech, he said, I believe, I believe, I believe. He believed that if enough people get together and rally together behind the purpose and behind the cause, that there will be people who will take that cause into themselves, that they will believe that thing and they will go forward with that. And those that believe, they will tell other people that believe. And those that believe that one person, they'll tell somebody else what they believe. And people will get organized and they will go forth and say, I believe what has been spoken. I believe that we can change this nation. I believe that we can change things in our hearts. It did not have to be that laws would be passed. No. It would be that people would change not because they have to, but because they want to. And that's what God wants to see in our lives. Those that believe in 
in God that they would come and have faith and tell somebody else about what Jesus has done for them. And that person would tell somebody else. And they would tell somebody else. And people's lives would begin to change. Not because they have to. Not because a preacher said they had to. But because they want to. Because God came in. Because God did something in their lives and saved their soul. And they wanted to change. But that stall starts with faith. This man named Jairus, he had to go through this situation here. He had to have faith that Jesus was going to do something for them. If you think about all the things that happened during the civil rights movement and what Martin Luther King went through. Now, he wasn't a perfect man, but he did have something, not just a plan, but he had a belief. He had faith. And this man... And went through many different trials. Many others had given up because they had been defeated. Defeat is not fun. (laughs) Defeat is painful. You ever been defeated at anything? You ever tried to do something and it did not work? Maybe even just playing a game and you have somebody against you and they're better than you and they defeat you as an opponent. There were many that had been defeated. So we come to this man, Jairus, in the word of God. And you see how he had to have faith to get through his situation. But he came to the right person in Mark chapter 5. Who did he come to? The man who had never been defeated. Amen. He came to Jesus Christ. He was the victor over danger, over disease, over death, over demons. He came to that one who had never been defeated. He never lost a battle. And he's going to win the war in the end of it all. But he came to this man, Jesus Christ. And when Jairus came to him, his daughter was going to die. Twelve years old, his daughter was going to die. So Jairus was a synagogue officer. Now, I went to research that, and he was pretty much as they they would describe him as a, a pastor, not that he would preach or anything, but he was in charge of the synagogue the administration of the synagogue, the maintenance of the synagogue. And he made sure that the, that the services, which would be something similar to a church service, but the synagogue services would be carried out. And so he had to be trustworthy, and he was a wealthy man. He had friends that would have been scribes and maybe Pharisees, and they did not. If you're a Bible reader of any sort, they, you would know that they did not like Jesus. But when it came down to it, Jairus had a need that his friends could not meet. He had a need that his money could not meet. He had to get to somebody that could do something about his situation. And the same thing for you and I today. If there's a need that nobody in this world can meet, you've got to get to Jesus. If there's something that you're addicted to and you're wrapped up in and you can't get out of it, you've got to come to Jesus. You've got to let him do something if it's alcohol or pornography if it's anger or strife you got to get to Jesus your friends can't do anything your money can't do anything but Jesus can do something about it and his friends they may not have been happy about it but Jairus was desperate how desperate are you for God today went to we're out in Indiana. One time we had, a, we had an off night, my wife and I and our, our, our associate pastor, we went out to a church. 
just to see what was going on, just to get a vision of to have something greater. We were in a small building there. We wanted a great big vision, so somebody invited us to a church service. This place, they had this huge church over there, and they had all these people in there. I said, wow, look at this. Man, we could do the same thing. But the song that they said, it was something along the lines that said, I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for you, Jesus. I want Jesus more than anything else. I need Jesus to do something about my situation. I need Jesus to save me. I need Jesus to fill me with the Holy Ghost. How desperate are you for God to do something in your life? So we come to the three words that Jesus spoke to him. First, he spoke the word of faith. So Jairus, he came to Jesus and he needed something. He said, Lord. All right. I heard myself. (laughs) I thought I was doing all right. Okay, all right, now we're on the air. Now I don't hear anything else, okay. All right. So, he came to Jesus and said, Lord, I I need you to come and to heal my daughter. I need you to come and and lay hands on her. Let her be healed. So Jairus, he's getting ready to go, and Jesus says, I will come. I will go and heal her. You know, Jairus was probably excited about that. Jairus said, all right, I've got the Lord. I've heard about what he can do. We're going to go there. He's going to lay his hands on my daughter, and she's going to be healed. But we have a pause in the action. What happened? There's this woman with the issue of blood. If you read about her, this woman had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. And so she's there in the midst, and she's, she's coming, and, and remember if the story, if you remember anything about the story, she had spent everything that she had, all of her living, trying to get healed. I've gone from a doctor to doctor trying to figure out what is wrong with me, what's wrong with my life, what's wrong with my, my situation medically. They sent me to another person and say, hey, we don't know what to do. They sent me to somebody else, hey, we don't know what to do. We've got to send you over here. we got to send you to this university. I didn't spend all the money that I had, but I know what it's like when the doctors say, we don't know what to do. Been there, done that. And so there she is with no other resources. Finally, she says, I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to him that can do something for me. I'm going down to the altar, the same thing that we have at the end of the service. The end of the service is not the time to go to the bathroom. The end of that service there when we ask you to come up and pray. It's not the time to run away. It's not the time to get in the cell phone. But it's time to come down and pray and do business with God. And say, God, do something about my life. And so she came and pressed through the crowd. I heard one preacher say this in, in a message. They're up over in their church. They have a balcony and they have people sitting in the balcony. And he, he made the altar call and he told the people to come down. He said, those of you up in that balcony, 
If you really want to get down here, you'll make your way down here. You won't worry about how many people that there are in the way. You'll get down here. If you want to pray, you want to be touched by God. If you really want God, you it won't matter how many people there are. You will make your way. It doesn't matter when the situation presents itself. It doesn't matter how cold it is, how much rain there is. You will find a way to get to the house of God. If you got to call the pastor and say, hey, I need to ride. My car broke down. You'll get to the house of God if you want God. So that lady went out there, pressed through the crowd, got there and touched the hem of his garment, and she was made whole. And she tried to get away. (laughs) Jesus said, somebody touched me. Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, all these people were out here, Lord. What do you mean, who who touched you? All these people were touching you. He said, "Something, something was different about that touch. This virtue came out of me. Power went out of me. And so that woman was standing there. That woman got isolated all by herself. And he made her testify about what happened in her life. He made her talk about it. He, she talked about how she touched Jesus and she was made whole. The thing that happened was, number one, she had to realize that she had a Savior in Jesus Christ. That she had a healer in Jesus Christ. But not only that, God made her a soul winner right then and there. Because she would go forth and take the message I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. She would go back and tell everybody else around her, I believe in what Jesus can do. I believe that Jesus can raise you up. I believe that no matter how long it's been that you've been down, Jesus can pick you up. Jairus needed to hear that. He needed to see that. We think that delays in our lives and different things that happen in our lives, it's just a, it's just something that happens and God is slowing everything down and we can't get to God and God's not going to do anything. No, God is showing us something by everything that he does. Jesus wasn't just stopped by that situation and then they came to Jairus, some of his friends that came and said, oh, your daughter is dead. No. Jairus needed to see what Jesus did in that woman's life. Somebody else's testimony could be your salvation. Somebody else is getting filled with the Holy Ghost. You see that and you realize that, hey, I could get filled with the Holy Ghost too. If God had released somebody else from the, the things of this world and their addiction, God can release you from that addiction as well. God can do something in your life when you see that God did it in somebody else. So Jairus needed to see that. But I bet when he got that that word, now this is the next word here, the word of hope. How many need hope today? Amen. I know I need hope. I need hope in my life. I need hope every single day. Jairus needed the word of hope. Why? Because when they came and they told him that your daughter is dead, what did that do to his faith? It probably took all his faith away. And whatever little bit there was, It's easy to believe when the sun is shining, isn't it? It's easy to believe when you got all the money in the bank. It's easy to believe when the car's working and the kids are doing okay, amen? And when everything starts going wrong, it starts getting hard to believe. It starts getting hard to think that everything's going to work out. And so it was easy when he came to Jesus and the girl was just sick. It was easy when he came and Jesus said, I'm going to go with you. And Jesus was walking with them. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped. Then it started getting hard right then. Yeah. 
But Jesus said those words. He said, don't be faithless, believe. The literal translation of that is go on believing. You had enough faith to come to me before. Go on believing. Keep on believing. If you had enough faith to come to me one time, keep on believing in what I can do. If it was enough to bring you to church, keep on believing in what God can do in your life. If you answered the call and you came down to the church house, just believe in what God can do in your life. He can change your life if you believe in him. And so he had that hope, and Joe Jesus went with him. Our faith is supposed to increase as we go. It's not supposed to decrease. God wants for us to have faith. Doesn't it please God for us to have faith in him? God wants his children to have faith in him. The Bible says that we got to fight the good fight of faith. We have to keep on going, keep on trusting, keep on believing. So Jesus went with him, and as they got there, he had all those people making all that noise in the house. The Bible tells us that there were mourners there, professional mourners. That they paid people, the Jews had paid people to come and to cry for the family. So Jesus told them, get out of here. Go. Because he was getting ready to speak words of power. So get out of here. Go. And it was just Peter, James, John, Jesus, mom, and dad. And they went in there and closed the door. And Jesus said, as it was translated, made I say unto you, arise. And one of the commentators said it this way, that we put the emphasis on the I that Jesus used. And Jesus said, I say unto you. It's not what anybody else says to you in your life. It's not what other people say that you are in your life. It's what Jesus says that you are. It's what Jesus said in your life and what Jesus wants to do in your life. Jesus said, I say unto you, arise, because he's the final approving authority. He said, I say unto you, you get up, you live a different life, you go forth in power and in victory. And so the Bible says that she got up, that she was well, and not only that, she started walking around. Proof of the healing power of God. And so they get ready to come to the instruments. What is it that you need in your life? What is it that's stopping you from believing? What is it? What else can we do to tell you? What else can we say? What else can we testify? How else can we do something in your life to get you to believe, to get you to come down here and pray and get filled with the Holy Ghost? What else can we do to get it to be proved to you that you need God in your life and you need him right now? What else do we have to do? do? What else do we have to show you? What else can we preach to tell you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with everything in your heart? Believe on him and trust in him and what God can do in your life. and let you come down and get what you need from God. And put everybody else, put all the other voices aside. Everything else that you've ever been told and what you can't do and what you are not and when what everyone else has said and believe what Jesus said.
I say unto you and believe the word of God. Let's pray and let's seek God with all of our hearts tonight.